The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign, and again in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Ah, Lord God, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord answered me. Do not say, I am too young. To whomever I send you, you shall go. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, oracle of the Lord. Then the Lord extended his hand and touched my mouth, saying to me, See, I place my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to demolish, to build and to plant. Welcome back to another episode of Book Blurbs, everyone. I'm your host, Kenneth. On today's episode, I'm diving back into the prophetic books of the Bible with the longest book in the Bible. This book contains what some have called the gospel before the gospel, a landmark in Old Testament theology. Coming in at over 33,000 words, this is the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah combines history, biography, and prophecy. In it, readers encounter a nation in crisis and are introduced to an extraordinary person whom the Lord called to prophesy during the final days of the kingdom of Judah. Jeremiah was born around 650 BC in a village about two and a half to three miles northeast of Jerusalem. God called him to be a prophet in the 13th year of King Josiah's reign. After the death of King Solomon, King David's son, the Israelite kingdom split into a northern and southern kingdom. The kings following the wise Solomon did not have a good record for the most part. They were corrupt, turned their backs on God, and supported idolatry. Under their reign, oppression followed, the poor were abandoned in a lot of situations, and were just not looked after like good kings should look after their people. The Israelites, God's chosen people, followed their king's example and even started worshiping foreign gods like Baal, despite the miracles they had witnessed by the God of Israel. King Josiah was one of the few exceptions to this bad streak of leadership. He enacted a period of religious reformation, bringing the people back to exclusive worship of God and God alone. 
King Josiah destroyed temples and altars dedicated to Baal and banned any forms of idolatry. Jeremiah enthusiastically supported King Josiah's reform. However, the old idolatry returned shortly after King Josiah's death. Jeremiah opposed this apostasy, but Babylon soon overtook Jerusalem and sent its citizens into exile. Jeremiah was eventually forced into Egyptian exile, where he died, though the details surrounding his death in Egypt are unclear. Jeremiah's life was filled with arrest, imprisonment, rejection, and public disgrace, and his influence was greater after his death, as the exiled community of Israel reflected on his lessons. I'm going to take a short break here, but when book blurbs returns, I'll talk about some of those lessons and break down the very long book of Jeremiah. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Book Blurbs, everyone. In this episode, I'm discussing the book of Jeremiah. As I mentioned before the break, this is the longest book in the Bible, so I'm going to break it down into more manageable sections. The book begins with God calling Jeremiah to be a prophet with a dual vocation. He will be a prophet to Israel and the nations, preaching a message of judgment and hope. Chapters 1 through 24 of Jeremiah are a collection of the prophet's accusations and warnings for Israel from before the exile. The main message in this section is Israel has broken the covenant they made with God in a number of ways. Jeremiah compares Israel's idolatry with adultery to describe how Israel has pledged its allegiance to other gods. Jeremiah also points out how the corruption of Israel's kings, priests, and other prophets has led to rampant social injustice. The most vulnerable, such as the widows and orphans, were being taken advantage of in clear violation of the laws God had handed down to Moses, and Israel's leaders did nothing to stop this. Chapter 7 is a key chapter in this section and is known as Jeremiah's Temple Sermon. In this chapter, the Israelites are coming to the temple to worship God like nothing is wrong. However, when they exit the temple, they follow other gods and even adopt horrible practices like child sacrifice. Jeremiah recognizes the hypocrisy of the Israelites and prophesies that God will destroy his own temple and send an enemy from the north, allowing the enemy to conquer his own chosen people. This enemy, as we know, is Babylon. Chapter 25 serves as a transition for the book of Jeremiah. God calls Jeremiah to announce that the Babylonian army will conquer Israel and take its citizens into exile for 70 years. Jeremiah compares Babylon to a cup of wine filled to the brim with God's just anger at all of Israel's idolatry and injustice. 
God will make Israel and the nations drink from this cup of wine. Everything that follows chapter 25 focuses on Babylon's impending attack, first on Israel in chapters 26 through 45, and then on the other nations in chapters 46 through 51. In the section about Israel, chapters 26 through 29 cover how Jeremiah was rejected by Israel's leaders. Chapters 34 through 45 contain the siege and destruction of Jerusalem and include how Jeremiah was taken against his will to Egypt by a group of Israelite rebels. Right in the middle of these two chunks of chapters, Jeremiah gives a message of hope for Israel's future in chapters 30 through 33. Quote, For behold, the days will come, says the Lord, when I will change the lot of my people, of Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and bring them back to the land which I gave to their fathers. They shall have it as their possession. That is taken from Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3. It's in chapter 31 where readers find the new covenant prophesied by Jeremiah. Quote, The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers, the day I took them by the hand to lead them forth from the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, and I had to show myself their master, says the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer will they have need to teach their friends and kinsmen how to know the Lord. All, from least to greatest, shall know me, says the Lord. For I will forgive their evil doing and remember their sin no more. That is Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. According to Jeremiah, the qualities of this new covenant that make it different from the old are, one, it will not be broken and will last forever, two, its law will be written in the heart, not on stone tablets, and three, the knowledge of God will be so generally shown forth in the life of the people that it will no longer be necessary to put it into words of instruction. Chapter 33 concludes with Jeremiah's prophecy of an eternal Davidic dynasty and a perpetual priesthood and sacrifice fulfilled by Jesus, who is both the messianic Davidic king and eternal priest. Quote, The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. In those days, in that time, I will raise up for David a just shoot. He shall do what is right and just in the land. 
In those days, Judah shall be safe, and Jerusalem shall shall dwell secure. This is what they shall call her, the Lord our justice. For thus says the Lord, Never shall David lack a successor on the throne of the house of Israel, nor shall priest of Levi ever be lacking to offer holocausts before me, to burn cereal offerings, and to sacrifice victims. That is Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 18. Chapters 46 through 51 of Jeremiah detail how God will use Babylon to judge nations around Israel, like Egypt and Moab. Babylon is saved for last in chapters 50 and 51. Although God used Babylon to execute his justice, he does not endorse Babylon's violence, oppression, and idolatry, so Babylon will also face God's justice. The book of Jeremiah ends with a glimpse of hope in chapter 52 with a short excerpt about the captive Israelite king, the heir to the royal line of David. The Babylonian king releases him from prison and shows him favor, inviting him to eat at the royal table for the rest of his life. The book of Jeremiah teaches the fulfillment of God's judgment, but also promises hope. The book really allows readers to get a glimpse not only into the meaning of the prophecies, but the prophet himself. Jeremiah's personality shines through as he goes about his calling, and his state and his mission is clear. Now let's get right into my rating. My scale from best to worst is bookshelf-worthy, buy, library, sparknotes, and pass. I am going to give the book of Jeremiah the rating of bookshelf-worthy. Despite its great length, it's divided up pretty well, and it offers some of the most beautifully written and quotable passages of the Hebrew Bible. Thank you for listening to this episode of Book Blurbs. I invite you to jump onto social media and follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at bookblurbs19. You can also send an email to bookblurbs19 at gmail.com, and you can record a voice message at www.anchor.fm slash bookblurbs. Please do me a favor and leave a rating for book blurbs on whichever podcasting platform you're using to help grow the podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Book Blurbs.